more NFL draft coverage as we have another spotlight segment here on Sweep the League. We've got a great guest. We're going to be talking about Will Anderson and is he on the decline? The top three quarterbacks in this draft class, I've considered it a pretty bad year for quarterbacks, but nonetheless, there are three quarterbacks everybody's talking about. And a fourth that we will talk about, and Anthony Richardson, is he overrated? Are people just in love with his mobility? What is up with Anthony Richardson? Plus, we've got a cowboy question, of course, because we've got someone on the show that's a cowboy fan. Nonetheless, this is Sweep the League. It is another spotlight segment. It is Rudy Campos Jr. I am joined by the most electrifying man in podcast history, the Rock himself, Rocky Garza. Rock, you're back for another mock draft show, man. Are you ready for this one, man? Yeah, dude, and I'm excited to ask uh, you know our guests today about the Cowboys and what they're going to do because I know it's a very controversial topic every year when who the Cowboys should draft. It is a controversial topic because all you boys think that it is your year and it just tends to fall short every single year. <laughs> but nonetheless, we're going to get into that in a little while here. Before we introduce you to our great guest tonight, I got to remind you guys, hey, Special Leaf Tea. Now, it's an energy-boosting drink. It's without the use of caffeine, 100% all-natural ingredients, so that means no added sugar. They've got four ridiculously good flavors, pomegranate, blueberry, tangerine, ginger, the ever so popular hibiscus blueberry, as well as for all you guys out there that like the original, they have the original flavor. Order your drinks today. You can get them in a four pack. You can get them in a 24 pack. However you want to head to the website now, www.specialleaf.com to order your drinks today. We're not going to waste any more time. We're going to get into it here. We've got a very special guest tonight. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at First Round Mock, Mr. Daniel Kelly, former New York Jets scout. You can also go to his website. It's firstroundmock.com. Daniel, welcome to Sweep the League. We appreciate you joining Rock and myself. Hey, guys. It's so good to be on the show and meet you guys. Thank you so much, uh, Rocky and Rudy. I can't wait. Uh, let's put the ball on the tee and let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You know, I, I, I thought for a minute you said Rocky, and I thought, I hope he doesn't say Bullwinkle at the end because that would make me feel <laughs> terrible here. The Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> show, podcast show. We got to start something like that, Rock. Hey, but, you know, again, we appreciate you being on with us. Uh, we look forward to doing a lot more shows with you as we have the NFL draft coming up very, very soon. We have Rage to come up in March. I think that's going to affect a little bit of what happens in the draft when we see certain quarterbacks go to certain areas. But nonetheless, let's get started. Will Anderson. Now, for Mel Kuyper, for a lot of these guys, Will Anderson was and kind of still is the top prospect in this draft. I had Will Anderson as a top prospect going into this draft for a very long time. Jalen Carter grew on me. I started watching more film on Jalen Carter. He obviously has taken over that top prospect. I still have him going to the Bears. I'm hoping the Bears do not trade that pick, even though it is likely they are going to move that pick. I still like Jalen Carter going number one. But recently you've had some uh, info on Will Anderson. Kind of lackluster, kind of shows a little bit of laziness on the uh, on some videos. What can you give us a Will Anderson on this sense of is his stock dropping to where he might even drop further than two or three in the draft? We've seen guys like Miles Murphy. We've seen guys like Tyree Wilson just starting to shoot up these draft boards. Is that lackluster performance here and there? Is that lack of caring for Will Anderson going to affect his draft status? 
Well, that's a great question, and, and it does in my mind for sure. Uh, in a recent article, at, you know, at the site at firstroundmock.com, I, I, you know, I, I put a second round grade on him uh, as somebody who's worked in the league. To me, it's not a matter if he's going one, two, three, four, or five. And the second round pick, uh, you know, it helps to mitigate the risk of what you're touching on, uh, Rudy, because it, it, it's it's just flat out laziness, as what I'll call it, uh, on game film. I mean, it was it was you know. And I looked at an extensive game film. I mean, that's what we pride ourselves in a first round mock. Everything we do is driven by the game film. All of our opinions are offered, you know, we offer are, are predicated upon the game film. And we're actually, I believe, probably the only draft sites in America that I'm aware of that actually offers the links to the games uh, to the fans. Uh, so you can see what we're looking at and we're held accountable to our opinions. Um, you know, so I went back, I looked at him in seven games spanning two seasons. Uh, you know, in 2021, I looked at him against Old Miss, uh, Texas A&M and Georgia, 2022, Texas, Arkansas, LSU and Tennessee. Listen, I, I think every NFL owner, general manager, scout across the boards owes it to themselves, their franchise and their fan base. If they're looking at Will Anderson, you've got to turn on the Alabama uh, Tennessee game. Will Anderson was downright embarrassing in the game. Um, and in it, 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 it's, it's just something that's really concerning uh, because, you know, with Anderson, he looks the part. I mean, he, he's a he looks pretty. I mean, let's let's call it what it is, right? When you look at his, his his build and the way he looks, I I posted the picture on, you know, this guy's chiseled. This guy looks almost like a statue. He's just chiseled, chiseled, a muscular guy. Um, you know, he, he's he's got those big long arms, you know, that you love that you can lock out with, you know, and, and he's 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 a bully. Uh, but what he is, is he he's a very rigid bully, rigid in the terms of his movements, and, and he's a a very low motor guy that has the ability to play with a lot of power, but his first step is pretty mediocre. Most of the time, most of the time he was just content getting hung out to dry, you know, like clothes on a clothesline, as I like to say in scouting, um, you know, and it just didn't look like, you know, he was inspired to play football in 2022. And then of course, I'm not, you know, people say, well, you're a stats scout. I throw up the stats. No, the stats confirm the evaluation in a lot of cases. I mean, when we look at the stats of Will Anderson, you know, from 21 to 22, for example, um, you know, his his tackles were slashed in half this year, guys. You know, he went from 101 tackles down to 53. He had the huge 17 and a half sacks in 21. Uh, that dropped off. The, the, the 10, I mean, dropped off, right? I mean, still a lot of sacks. Uh, and the pressures dropped off from 81 to 59. So the drop off wasn't just, you know, it, it was it showed in his stats, not just on the game film. So all the way around, that's what made this evaluation pretty tricky, because when you get guys that, you know, show they have the ability, you know, like a Micah Parsons, for example, who I called and label as an explosive underachiever pre-draft 2021 documented online. When you got guys like this that show they have the ability, I mean, when he turns it on, sure. You know, but 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 the problem is these guys you're picking the top five. These are like Hall of Fame type caliber picks, uh, potentially, right? These are these are the gamers. These are the, the the cream of the crop in the draft class. So when you're bringing a guy that you're going to be paying millions of dollars, you're going to help. It's going to be a part of the face of your franchise. It's going to really set the tone in the locker room. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but the last thing in the world, he's not even on my draft board. 
uh, based on what he showed. Um, and I gave him a second round grade because, I mean, I learned from Bill Bilicek, you know, that, you know, every team in the league's got four or 500 guys on the draft board. Bill had about uh, 70 guys on his board after the first Super Bowl, about 41 after his second Super Bowl. So, I mean, yeah, he'll get drafted by somebody, sure. Uh, 53% of first-rounders historically are bust. But, um, you know, when you look at a Will Anderson, um, if I'm a GM of a team, um, I, I, he's not even on the board. He's not even, His name card's not even in that room. I mean, that's how bad it was on, on game film. It was just – it was really – really bad and um you know just it, it was very concerning actually uh both against the pass and i mean 75 percent of the time he didn't even look he, he looked like he was completely and utterly disinterested against the run and game film yeah you're talking we're talking to daniel kelly at first round mock uh you can follow him on twitter it's at first round mock giving a grade basically letting you know guys on will anderson i mean as popular as he is coming into the draft and as highly touted as he is daniel's giving you some some great perspective on what he's seen he's got him at a second round grade like i said i've kind of started to look a little bit more into will anderson i'm not liking exactly what i'm seeing i'm kind of seeing what daniel sees as well and i'm glad you're talking about the scouting part because rock has a question in regards to scouting that he wanted to ask you daniel uh but before i give it to rock on that we are going to talk about some quarterbacks that are in here on this year's draft with daniel kelly of first round mock rock go ahead and ask your question yeah you know just hearing that is actually kind of a surprise to my ears you know because me you know just being a i guess would say not more than a casual fan you know you see these type of guys and you see them dominate college but i guess if i dive really into you know like the film like you and rudy do and just looking at it you you see those qualities but i just wanted to ask you know for anyone that's listening um and you know maybe has an idea of wanting to become a scout you know what are some things they can do just to get more knowledge and and just i guess just kind of a basis of really how to grade these prospects because you know to the average eye you're like well you see this guy you know he's destructive you know he's a champion this and that but then you that you don't really dive into it so like what are some things you know some fans can do to get into scouting like what, what and what were some like things you did personally to learn more about the game yeah, that's a great question, Rock. Um, you know, back when I started at, at 17 years old, really, I mean, I grew up a fanatical fan of the Washington Redskins. You know, that was the name of the team back then. And, you know, I, you know, I didn't you know, I didn't get big enough to play. I was, you know, about 130 pounds soaking wet. Uh, my, my dream of playing linebacker at Penn State went out the window. You know, I, and, and uh, so, you know, for my 17th birthday, my parents gave me a book that I'll, I'll pass along to your point uh, with the question um, they get for my 17th birthday. I mean, this is way before the Internet existed, way before sportsmen worldwide or in kind of online it was no internet even back when i started um you know there's a book written by tony rosano uh called secrets of an nfl scout uh tony was the uh, director of player personnel for the san francisco 49ers under bill walsh's uh, heyday and uh, he was the guy that convinced uh, walsh to draft uh, some guy named joe montana instead of steve dills who, who walsh wanted he wants steve dills good so luckily he didn't get his way on that for 49ers fans but I mean, this is a fascinating book. When I was given this book by my parents, I mean, it was like love at first sight. I mean, I, I read it backwards and then tried to read it almost, you know, forwards and backwards, like a subliminal, like a record almost, or, or music to see if it played a different message. I, I fell in love with the book. I loved it. Um, and, and Tony Rosano does such a great job of sharing all his scouting reports and how to go about doing this and what to look for. And he speaks in layman terms. Um, you know, so as a, as a youngster, I, I basically, uh, I just started recording games in my bedroom at 17 years old and 
you know, I just used all Brizano's, you know, different scouting formats and reports and stuff on my typewriter back then. And I'm dating myself, but you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's a way before I had, you know, you could, you could write on your phone or, you know, anything else, uh, you know, it, it's, it's um, you know, but I, I would, you know, watch the games and I would look for different things about the players that, that Rosano talked about and I would start writing the reports and it turned into a 70 page report, a scouting report I wrote at 17. I was in the back of my typing class. In fact, uh, everybody else was working their assignments i was typing up my scouting reports uh which the teacher didn't know but that was funny uh but um <laughs> and and uh i sent out to charlie castley who was in the gm of the redskins at the time and tried to get an internship at 17 um and uh, he wrote back that was really a special thing you know he wrote back and said hey it's a great job you know we're you know you're still a little too young check back with us after college type of thing but um you know so so i just you know getting back to your question and 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 um in a roundabout way it, it it's it's you, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and, and you can hear my voice right now and you're you're wanting to get into scouting, the thing of it is is just start watching games. There's no shortcuts in this. Just start watching the games, record the games, because there's such a difference between watching a game as from a fan. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan. You'll see me at the sports bar, you know, having a beer and some wings on Sundays. But there's a big difference between watching a game as a fan and then studying a game as an evaluator. Record the games, start start looking at them, uh, see what you can pull up online about scouting, the, the different attributes of the different positions, and just start writing reports and, and just get, get into it. Just dive in off the deep end and um, and just go from there. And there's a lot more resources available today uh, than there ever was when I was coming up. That is a great, great, great answer because I know like Thank myself, I, I don't, I, you know, I study game film, you know, and I, there's just so many games, so many prospects in NFL. I mean, you've, you've got a crap lot of people you've got to watch and look over, but I get the fact there's no shortcuts in it. And, you know, that's truly the fact and everything. There are no shortcuts and anything like that. If you ever want to be a scout, you definitely got to put the work in. Daniel Kelly and his guys over at Fresh Round Mock, they do a fantastic job. Like I said, be sure to follow him on Twitter. It's at First Round Mock or go to his website, www.firstroundmock.com. And, you know, speaking of, you know, watching game film, man, there, there's a certain team in Texas. It is not the Cowboys. We're going to we're going to save that Cowboys crap for later. But the uh, Houston Texans, they definitely have two picks, two of them in the uh, top 15. I think it's two and 12 right now. Um, so the thing is that everybody is screaming from Houston to El Paso to Dallas to all the way down the valley that Houston needs a QB. Every mock draft that I've done, you know, for weeks already, and even before, you know, all this even was really on fire, you know, I never could see them taking a QB at two because I personally don't believe in the top three quarterbacks in this class. I feel highly, strongly just really good about next year's quarterback class when you've got Caleb Williams and Drake May coming out. But for these guys, I think they're going to end up taking one. I still have them, you know, having them see either Stroud or uh, Levis falling to like the 10, 12 spot. And that's where I see them taking a QB. I still don't think they could pass on, you know, knowing as many holes as they need to fill as many positions. They've got to get, you know, somebody better than just a QB at two. But Looking at all three QBs, Bryce Young, uh, CJ Shroud, and also uh, Will Levis, if you can give give us some insight on all three guys, where do you have them going? Can we see Houston taking one and two, or will they wait for their second first-round pick to take one of these guys? 
Yeah, that's a great uh, question. Uh, when, when you look at uh, Houston and what they're going to do, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm, you know, respectfully, I'm, I'm a lot higher on this quarterback class than, um, you know, than that. Um, I, I, you know, my, my QB one headed into the 2023 NFL draft is CJ Stroud from the Ohio State, right? Um, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> got me sure I get that in there, right? Like they do when they, they preview a Monday Night Football. But, um, you know, it, it's it. Stroud is is a guy that I compare and have compared on the site uh, to a young, like a Warren Moon type, uh, who's a, who's a huge comp uh, as a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that's that's who goes through my mind when I watch him. And, and the thing I love about Stroud is is there's a few things actually I love about him, and I watched him in a ton of footage too and a ton of film. Is is that he. His 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 processor, his brain is he, he reads. He, he has such quick processing, um, you know, both pre-snap when he's looking at defenses and post-snap. And and he and, and this is very critically important. The two most important things to me, guys, when I look at quarterback play in the NFL and guys who are coming into it, number one is a quick release time. I mean, we see the average you know league time being two and two point five seconds. We see guys, you know, obviously Tom Brady just retired, but he was, I think, at like 2.3 seconds. Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers, 2.3 seconds. Mac Jones, 2.2. These guys are getting rid of the ball quickly. And that's something that that Stroud not only reads defenses quickly pre-snap, but also post-snap, and he gets rid of the ball. My affectionate name for Stroud is the human jugs machine. You know, that machine they have at practice, you know, that shoots out the footballs. Yeah. This guy is like a machine. I mean, he just fires, 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 you know, the ball. Just It's just incredible. And and his, his first love is basketball. Uh, so, he's you know, you know and that's it's, it's interesting because Stroud runs an offense – the way a point guard runs and you know like a like a basketball offense that there's a there's a rhythm and a tempo and that's awfully important too is is the tempo and the rhythm these guys bring to an offense and uh you know he brings that methodical urgent but relaxed tone that we're just going to keep moving and and and, and he keeps firing the ball second thing Stroud does I really love is his ball placement which I think is really important for quarterbacks and quarterback play in the National Football League and, and I'm not talking about completion percentage this is something I harp on a lot on the site too I mean completion percentage you can have receivers out there we saw this at BYU with Zach Wilson jumping skipping hopping over to place you know making these circus catches and, and, and that pads the completion percentage. That's not what I'm talking about. The, the ball placement, the ability to put the ball right on the money where the receiver can run right through the pass and just keep running for the yak, the yards after the catch. This is something Stroud really excels at as well. So, so I, I think he's a, it makes a very easy transition into a, a, a team with a poor record, you know, in the, drafting the top five. Um, it, because of those two factors, and, and he's, he's, he's tough, he's mobile. He's not a runner, but he's mobile in the pocket. He's going to be able to compensate for some of those offensive line deficiencies. But, yeah, I really like C.J. Stroud, uh, my QB1. Uh, QB2, uh, Bryce Young, University of Alabama. Uh, this guy reminds me of a young Fran Tarkenton running around back there um and i was surprised because 2021 i i I was really hard on him on his game film he looked jittery in the pocket his ball placement was it seemed like he needed large windows to throw it through in zone coverages um you know i I was right to 
send him to the Canadian Football League, to be honest with you guys, after the 2021 film. I, I was really, I was like, what? I, I looked, you know, but again, that's that's the thing with the game film. you got to watch a lot of it, you know, and getting back to your point, too, you know, about, you know, the people wanting to get into scouting, you know, you know, you got to watch a lot of films. So, I, you know, when I watched him in 2022, different guy, uh, confidence in the pocket, command took command of the pocket, runs around, can extend and create on his feet. Uh, and his ball placement is just really on point. Um, I, I think he's probably in the 40 years I've been watching the game. I think he probably gives a, a team with a struggling record the best chance to turn things around the quickest. Uh, but I still Stroud, you know, Stroud's the better the quarterback of the two in my mind. So I got him QB one, and I got Bryce Young number number two. Um, and uh, Will Levis is a totally different story. <laughs> Just uh, Will Levis, uh, Kentucky, uh, to me is a. Uh, I, I have a um, uh, a seventh round draft grade on, on Will Levis. Um, he was totally and utterly uh, uh, underwhelming to me on game film. Um, this is a guy I, I, I labeled him as a 100% chance to be a bust in the National Football League. Uh, th- this guy, he, he, he shows that there's a few kisses of death when it comes to quarterbacking, and he has all of them. <laughs> you know, and, and, and what I mean by that is that you know he he's very tentative in the pocket you know he, he's if you watch him on game film he he kind of stands back there and, and he's and he, and he 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 does that thing with his elbow where he kind of clutches double clutches the ball before he throws it mm-hmm. that's a huge no-no you i mean we talk about a quick release time and we've seen how, how guys like trey lance and zach wilson have gotten killed in the nfl because they can't release it quickly uh to me uh levis is 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 another you know another zach wilson or kenny pickett all over again like I talked about my article, uh, because he's so tentative in the pocket. And that's really going to be tough because the NFL game, when you ratchet it up to the NFL, it's only even faster at that level and it's more complex. And if he can't do it at the college level, how is he going to step in and do it in the NFL level on a bad team on top of it? It's, it's, it's you know, this is going to be a nightmare. Plus, he has a high touchdown to interception ratio, even as it is in Kentucky. That's not going to look too pretty either, I don't think, in the NFL. The second thing I don't like about Levis is he has a tendency to, the hard stairs receivers like two people that meet at a bar <laughs> and like each other. Right. I mean, this, this guy, this guy, hard stairs receivers. And that is, that is, that's a, a corner's dream to have a guy like that step behind center because he's telegraphing these throws out to his receivers, which gives the corners even more time to jump the routes and bait, bait the quarterback. That's not going to be pretty. And the third thing is I don't like about Levis is he has what I call tunnel vision. And tunnel vision is like, like a horse in the Kentucky Derby with the blinders on. This guy, I mean, it's good to be downfield focused and not too focused on the rush, but it's, it's not not a good thing if it's too extreme and with levis it's too extreme because he's so locked into his receivers he doesn't feel the pass rush or see it uh and he gets clobbered in the pocket as a result of it those three things alone plus number four he's got he's got the fourth thing going for him too is he's got erratic downfield ball placement at the intermediate route level um you know and and he's not that great deep either in the footage i've seen so um, you know, my my thing to NFL owners is is do anything you can possibly do to stay away from Will Levis because the, the, he doesn't have a chance in the NFL. I'll just I'll just put it bluntly. All perfect assessments here from uh, Daniel Kelly at First Round Mock. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at First Round Mock. And yeah, I mean, I I can really see a lot of the uh, potential and the quarterbacks. Like I said, for me, it's just kind of I think it has to be the right place, the right time for some of these QBs. Um, I was really 
really good on Levis for a while there, but then towards the end of the year, looking at a lot more of his game film and looking at it closely, I can really understand the low round grade on him. Uh, I've actually got a guy that's kind of going up a little bit more uh, from Fresno State, Jake Herner. I, I like his game. I think he can actually transition a lot quicker and a lot better than Will Levis okay. can. But um, I'm even I'm even kind of big. And one guy, I don't I'm not, if I remember correctly, I don't know if you were kind of big on him or had some issues with him, you guys out there at Fresh Round Mock. But for some reason, I see a lot of good things out of Tanner McKee out of Stanford. I just – he's got to be in that right team in the right system where I think he could flourish – but it's one of those things where I'm kind of like I'm back and forth on Tanner McKee, but we will see. We, we Daniel gave us some great, great uh, information on the top QB. So you Houston Texan fans out there, for those of y'all that, you know, are old, like uh, obviously Daniel and myself, because we both have been in the typewriter days, as he mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> he mentioned Warren Moon and CJ Stroud. So we've all seen Warren Moon back in the Oiler days. That's uh, definitely a really good thing. Real quick, before we go on to Anthony Richardson and also uh, Rock is salivating because he has this Dallas Cowboy question that he wants to ask. Uh, we want to remind you guys about Special Leaf Tea. Again, they have four great flavors, pomegranate, blueberry, uh, hibiscus, blueberry, tangerine, ginger, and the original flavor. You want to get all four or you just want to get one of them in a four-pack or a 24-pack. Head over to the website now, www.specialleaf.com to order your drinks today. Daniel, Anthony Richardson out of, out of Florida. Now, Probably one of the biggest head scratchers for uh, people going into this draft. A lot of fans are defending him and they love him because, you know, they've seen the glimpses at Florida. But when you've got the guys that actually look at the film like yourself and for me, I don't see anything in Anthony Richardson. I, I see all hype. I see no bite at all when it comes to Anthony Richardson. If you can't, you know, Explain to people out there, what do you see with Anthony Richardson? Because it's kind of hard for, I guess, the average fan to see, you know, outside of, you know, the razzle-dazzle that he brings to Florida. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, uh, Rudy. You know, it's, it's um, you know, what I see in Anthony Richardson is a surefire bust. I see a guy who's a bust waiting to happen. Uh, and and the surprising thing is, is that a lot of times, I mean, I've been going back and forth. I mean, if you bring up my name in San Francisco, uh, you know, people are going to give you a pretty, pretty hard reaction. Most people out there in the Bay Area, because I've been going at Trey Lance online for, for two years, uh, you know, going on three now on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, and, and those 49ers fans will defend Trey Lance to, 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 to the end. Uh, of the earth. Um, but when I, when I put my reports out, um, you know, talking about Anthony Richardson looking like a bust, um, you know, then I threw him up on Facebook, uh, to a few Florida Gators groups. Um, you know, I was amazed at the support. I mean, normally people come against my reports because I'm very different than as you guys can probably tell then than what most of you, most of us see, you know, what we see on the mainstream, you know, I mean, if you, if you've seen one mock draft, you've seen all of them just about it, you know, as far as mainstream national platforms. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I was really surprised, but most of the Gators fans out there, 
they were in agreement with me. They were like, yeah, he, you know, AR-15, he's not ready. He needs more time. Uh, you know, some people were even more harsh than that. I'm like, wow, if he can't get love from his own fan base, so we better <laughs> we better, we better, drill into this a little bit more and turn on some more film and look at this. And, and, and the thing about Richardson is he puts together a great highlight tape, but when you look at his full body of work, like you're talking about, Rudy, I'm in complete agreement with you about Richardson because – the guy is just is just he doesn't have it. This guy, I mean, I, I said Trey Lance would be a bust pre-draft 2021. I was probably the only person in the country talking like that. If you go online and look at my report, type in Daniel Kelly, Trey Lance, it will pull up. You know, it is Trey Lance looks like a superstar compared to Anthony Richardson in my mind. And and Lance is 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 an absolute is is a, is a guy I put an undraftable free agent grade on. Uh, they get it to put some perspective on this. Richardson's going to get killed in the end. I mean, th- this is not going to be pretty. And the reason why is because it, 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 he he has a few things that are not going well for him. Number one, is uh, very. We talked about Stroud having a fast processor, a fast way of you know processing information. Uh, Richardson's just the opposite. Uh, th- this guy, this guy takes a long time to understand what he's looking at downfield, even at the college level, which is really really bad uh when you project him you know because again we're going up a level of competition to the nfl and uh you know he throws some really boneheaded passes it's like what were you thinking type of passes which are really not going to project well either uh he's not elite on his feet uh, this is not lamar jackson this is not justin fields this is you know, the, you know some of his you know people are talking about this big touchdown run he had earlier in the season there wasn't uh, any anybody on the defense within 20 yards of my i could have run that in for a touchdown i mean you know it, it's it, it's you know this is not you know this is not randall cunningham or john elway or, or or anybody that this is a, a guy with a you know above average straight line speed he's not overly elusive uh in the pocket you know he takes a long time everyone says oh look at him run around listen he creates a lot of his own drama because he holds the ball too long he doesn't understand or nobody's looking at downfield so he has to scramble because he can't figure out what he's looking at uh you know so, so th- th- this is you know this is a guy who is an athlete first and a quarterback second um and he's trying to learn the position uh, uh, you know, he's going to the NFL for his payday and, and, and you know, that that is what it is. But um, and, and not only that, but he's really got erratic downfield ball placement. You know, I, I think that against you know, what was it, Georgia this year or something, I think he had like 46 percent completion percentage, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, and, and it was overall, I think his completion percentage was like in the low 50s. And if you look back historically, like I have over the last 10 years, a quarterback play in the NFL, it, even 52 percent completion percentage, I think. I think he has something around that uh, just for memory um you know that that ranks is like the worst starting quarterback in the league historically over every year over the last 10 years but that's at the college level so when you look at projecting him up to the nfl level i, I think it's just going to be a disaster for anthony richardson i i, I don't see that one I, I i'm with you rudy i don't see that one at all the hype machine has gone behind this one and uh i my my advice is we got you know turn off the anthony richardson hype and turn on the malik cunningham uh game film because to me uh, i got stroud one young two and malik uh, cunningham from louisville is my qb3 going lower first round heard it here first man heard it here with daniel kelly at first round mock he's got malik cunningham top three i do not disagree with that and as far as anthony richardson goes you know I, i've said it many many times i'm going to say it till I, my last breath you know 
No matter how many times you polish a turd, it's still a turd. And I think that's the way Anthony Richardson is looking right now. It's all hype. There's no way that if I was a GM uh, for an NFL team, there's no way I even have Anthony Richardson even on my mind at all. So definitely uh, some great stuff coming out from Daniel Kelly. Moment of truth time because we, for whatever reason, cowboy fandom just nips at my ass every single time and it's always you know we them boys we this we that so rock this is your your time to shine bring that most electrifying question because you are the one that speaks for all of cowboy fandom you and candace speak for all of cowboy fandom what do you want to know from daniel when it comes to america's team i roll my eyes the dallas cowboys <laughs> no, I just really want to know his thoughts on like what would be the best ideal scenario for the Cowboys. You know whether they stay put, dr- uh, trade down, or, or try to trade up for a prospect. And I guess just going off that, you know, who's the best person that you can see them drafting or position wise? Because I've been seeing a lot of mocks either having to go corner, you know, a wide receiver or O line. Um, I mean, I did see one where they got Nolan Smith edge. And I mean, you could arguably say that, but then you do have Sam Williams, you know, in the mix already, and he does need more snaps. But uh, what? So, what I guess to sum it up, you know, what would be the best position for them, and what's the best case scenario for them come draft day? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, for for Dallas and uh, my wife uh, Samantha's be listening to this too. She'll she'll tune in for the Cowboys question because she's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, I, I think for the Cowboys, um, you know, I, I think that. Um, you know, even though I have Jameer Gibbs going in the second round, uh, the running back from Alabama, he is the best running back I've seen so far. I could see Dallas reaching up to grab him at, at running back. Um, you know, another great pick to me would be uh, who I just I just got done talking about would be Malik Cunningham, if he, especially if Cooper Rush leaves via free agency. Uh, bringing a Cunningham in and putting him behind Dak would be electrifying uh, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, so that'd be a great pick too, if they wanted to go quarterback and surprise a lot of people. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, a corner, you got digs at one corner, um, you know, a couple names that I, I really, uh, in, 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 I really love, uh, would be, uh, Eli Ricks, uh, the, 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 the corner with the big long arms from Alabama, who, who I, I affectionately nicknamed the piranha. Uh, he's, he's, he's something out there, a corner. He's my, my CB one at this point. And, uh, another guy that keep, you know, a, a kind of electric, kind of an all or nothing, but an electrifying playmaker. That'd be a very interesting complimentary corner to Diggs, uh, would be, uh, from Mississippi state, um, Emmanuel Forbes, uh, who's a guy that's got, uh, that, that, that short area burst. That's a prerequisite for a playmaker, a corner. Uh, he's got that, uh, that swag, that air of confidence, uh, a lot of ways, uh, you know, he reminds me a little bit of, of a mod Gardner. He's got some of that to his game. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a couple things you got to do. I mean, it's about, you know, in the NFL, it's about passing the ball. It's a passing league right now. Right. I mean, I think 28 out of 32 teams pass for more than 50% of the time, uh, you know, 10 teams of those 28, I think are over 60%. And so it's a passing league. You know, so it all comes down to a defense being able to get to the quarterback and be able to stop stop the pass. And if you paired, uh, I always look for, you know, what's the way that you can move the meter the fastest? Um, and if you were to bring in a corner like an Eli Ricks or an Emmanuel Forbes and plug him in the opposite side, uh, you know, I don't know how many teams could really have a whole lot of success thrown against the, uh, the boys down there in Dallas. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is true. I I like them taking a cue uh, a cornerback as well around that pick, but for whatever reason, I always go back to. I think there's this is a good amount of cornerbacks in this draft. The cornerback position is pretty stacked, and I think with the Cowboys going corner would be ideal, but I still think they should probably go offensive line. I mean, you might even see a Cody Moxto there, maybe a Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. I think solidifying that offensive line, getting it back to the way it was when the Cowboys were the Cowboys, that's where all my signs point to. Do you maybe see that for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, knowing they pick, uh, I believe it's 26? And I don't I don't buy Mel Kuyper's bullshit about Bijan Robinson. As much as Rock is a Texas no. Longhorn fan as well, Rock is a massive Longhorn fan, I still don't buy the Bijan hype. And Mel's just being Mel and getting all the radio people down here excited because of Bijan staying in Texas. No, my my signs point to O-line. How do you feel on Dallas maybe looking at an offensive lineman around there? That, that's very possible. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, that's not the most glamorous pick, uh, but it's it's one of the most needed picks, um, you know, to solidify the offensive line, uh, to give the quarterback, you know, whoever's back there, whether it's, you know, Dak or whoever, you know, if he got hurt or something, uh, you have to have a great offensive line. And so you can never go wrong with a great offensive lineman in the first round. Yeah, there's even one guy that I've got circled, and I've had him circled for a while, and that's uh, John Michael uh, Schmitz from uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, I like him a lot. I keep trying to sell all these guys. They're like, who? I said, no. Just let me put it this way. Remember the year that they drafted Travis Frederick and y'all were all pissed off and crying about it? And what does he do? He turns into, you know, Hall of Fame type center. This is exactly who John Michael Schmitz is. Go get him. That'll solidify the offensive line for years and years to come. Yeah, I agree. He, he's he's this year's Tyler Lindenbaum, the uh, center we saw go to Baltimore last year. Mm-hmm. That's this guy. I mean, and and, and he, he's very very impressive on his 2021 game film. I still have to go back. I mean, it, it, there's more guys to look at than there is hours in the day, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still have to go back and look at him on his 2022 game film before I stamp him with his final 2023 NFL grade. But everything I have seen, I, I agree with you. Everything I've seen off his 2021 game film, uh, John Michael. Schmitz is 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 legit. He's the real deal, and uh, he's he's you know I, I don't know why I still haven't figured out how you know every year you know the, the, the national media just seems to like like fall in love with certain guys, and other years they don't. And and but I'm serious that that John Michael Schmitz he's he's you know this year's Tyler Lindenbaum, the the first round center was taken for Baltimore last year. Yeah, he's gonna make a team very very happy. Rock, I'm gonna give it to you before we go, man. Do you got anything more on the Cowboys? Because I don't want to hear any crying after we're done here. Nah, I mean he kind of covered the bases. I mean, I guess the one popular question, you know, obviously Cowboys need to get some help for CD Lamb. Is there any possible scenario where you see them make a kind of a splashy pick and go and go wide receiver? And if so, like who would who would be that wide receiver you would take late in the first round? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, for I, I think there's a, a handful of guys. I mean, I got five guys, five receivers mocked in the first round at this point with final 2023, you know, draft grades on. And uh, my wide receiver one is A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Uh, and, and my number two guy is Josh Downs from North Carolina. Uh, my number three guy is Jordan Addison uh, from USC. Uh, number four from Ohio State, the Ohio State, I'm sorry. 
uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigma, and number five is 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 Zay Flowers over at BC at, at Boston College. Um, you know, I, I think that um, you know in that area where the Cowboys are picking, uh, if they could possibly, I mean, I, I think both Downs Downs is going to wreck NFL defenses. I don't know if there's a corner out there that could even cover him as a number two. Uh, he's that he's got just razor sharp change of direction, uh, which is going to leave corners in the dust. Uh, Addison's quick as a hiccup too, and, and he's he's got. They got a short area burst coming in and off his routes. I don't think he'll be there by the time the Cowboys pick. But, you know, the jury is really out on Jackson Smith and the Jigma. And I tell you what, the receivers at Ohio State, ever since I started watching this this group, you know, with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and, and, and you know, with Jackson Smith, the Jigma, from the first time I had turned on the game film. Um, and I love Garrett Wilson. I mean, Garrett Wilson was my wide receiver one pre-draft document heading into the last draft. And, and so I, I say this, you know, knowing that um, is, is Jackson Smith to Jigman was my favorite receiver on the whole group. And, um, and of course he was hurt a lot of the year. There's some question, could he have played? Should he have played the hamstring, you know, all the stuff that went on, you know, the, you know, the political stuff. And, and, but I tell you what, uh, if there's any way that Dallas Cowboys could get a Jackson Smith and the Jigma, I mean, he's got just, my nickname for him is Gumby. <laughs> He's so flexible. He's so flexible. He's just, he's got that wobble to him, you know, kind of like, you remember Mern Hank's neck for the 49ers? His whole body does that kind of that wobble and that yeah. wiggle. I mean, he's, and that's what you're looking for is a number two receiver. To, I mean, they, they could plug in, uh, you know, next to a, uh, you know, a CD lamb. Um, if Dallas doesn't take Jackson Smith, the Jigma, you know, I just cringe thinking of like Minnesota getting him with, with, you know, pairing with Justin Jefferson or, or Buffalo getting him with Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, it, because this guy's got, it, it's all about the break point. It's all about, that's that's the biggest thing at, at that level uh, as a number two receivers, because most of your routes are going to be those short bubble screens for the, for the yards after the catch and then getting into the intermediate levels, uh, you know, break off routes, uh, you know, when, when you got quickly changed directions. Jackson Smith, the Jigma, is going to be a lot of trouble. And every team, you know, kind of like years ago with Randy Moss, when all those, you know, that old fiasco thing, you know, this, this time Dallas can be the one that gets that gets the guy because whoever passes on Jackson Smith and the Jigma is going to be a team that's trying to figure out how to cover him. If the Dallas Cowboys could get Jackson Smith and Jigma, he's on the board. That's a that's like the apple hanging in the garden of Eden for Jerry Jones. I, I I think he probably takes him. There you go, Rock. And you know, before we get going here, I, I do want to mention one guy, Rock. If if for whatever reason they pass on Jackson or they pass on some of these guys. One one kid, and he's not even a kid. He's old. He's kind of old, regarding you know, in uh, NFL terms, basically coming out of college. But Charlie Jones out of Purdue, I, I think as a Cowboy fan, y'all would like him. Y'all would really like him. That that would be one guy I think y'all would definitely like. So keep that name in mind as well. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk more to Daniel Kelly again. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at First Round Mock. Again, is Daniel Kelly, former NFL uh, scout for the New York Jets. If you know, go to his website. Tons of great articles. Him and his staff do a fantastic job on covering all the prospects, getting you ready for the NFL Draft 2023. It is firstroundmock.com. Daniel, I appreciate your time. This won't be the only time you'll be back on with us. I hope to have you on many, many more times, talking many more prospects, possibly get you back on uh, for a sweep the league, actual sweep the league show where we can just go off the rails like we normally do. But Again, much love, man. I appreciate you joining Rock and myself tonight. We're looking forward to doing many, many more shows with you, sir. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate those kind words, Rudy and, and Rock as well. Uh, affectionately called Rocky. Maybe, maybe if we go off the rails, uh, maybe I could wear a bullwinkle thing like you're talking about or something like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could do a we could do a visual. That'd be that'd be kind of cute and kind of fun and talk talking players. But you guys do a great job. And 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 from the bottom of my heart, uh, being the founder of firstroundmock.com and you know, bringing William Yanish on and some of our writers and stuff, I just want to say a very special thank you to you guys. You guys really grind. You do a great job with the show, and I really appreciate you guys uh, for for the love you've shown us and and the retweets and everything else. Because uh, the only thing harder than uh, getting into the NFL is trying to crack this national narrative. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I I appreciate the uh, the love you guys show and and the job that you do, and I, I look forward to being on more for sure whenever you invite me on or any of my guys for sure. Oh yeah, we would definitely have you guys on. Appreciate the words from you, sir. Uh, it is an honor to work with you and all uh, all your staff as well. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on, Rock. You got any last words for anybody, Rock? Before we go, nah, man, just stay cool, brothers. Uh, I figured that's what you were gonna say. So for the electrifying one, for Daniel Kelly of First Round Mock again, follow him on Twitter at First Round Mock. It's Rudy Thomas Jr. Till we uh, decide to sweep the league again, we'll see y'all next time.